Once again, the Blue Jackets had kind of an up and down couple of games. Uh, we're going to talk about the up today. Uh, we've got Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets to come and talk a little bit about the uh, game on Friday, which the Blue Jackets won. Uh, that's what's coming up today on Locked On Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you news, stories, uh, trials, tribulations, ranting, uh, game previews, game reviews, uh, prospect talk, all of the above, and more about your favorite team of mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. So if you're not subscribed on YouTube yet, then uh, please do so. It helps me out. It helps you out. Uh, we are on our way to the next milestone. So uh, everybody wins. And for once, the Blue Jackets win as well. Uh, so we're going to talk about the 4-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, we're actually going to do a two-episode day today. Uh, we're going to, uh, this morning slash lunchtime, is going to be a breakdown of the game against the Jets. And then uh, later on tonight, we are going to do another episode. We're going to break down the uh, the loss to the Red Wings, which, um, honestly, I tweeted before the game that all I wanted was for it not to be as embarrassing as last time and also that maybe Ken Johnson scores a goal. And I got my wish, I think. I uh, So I think I'm going to take credit for that game not being as bad as it could have been. But uh, we're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to talk about the win against the Jets. And uh, I'm just going to... Go right into my conversation with Harrison Lee of Locked On Jets about Friday night's game. I didn't know they had it in them, but the Blue Jackets won a game last night, as, as of the time of recording this. Uh, they won a game against a real opponent as well, not like another lottery team. Uh, and they, they beat the Winnipeg Jets, which, you know, I don't have any particularly str- hard feelings against the Winnipeg Jets, but I do enjoy that Patrick Lyonet had two goals, and we also thought that Jack Roslovic had a goal. Um, so I thought... Let's uh, let's catch up with uh, my friend and host of Locked on Winnipeg Jets, Harrison Lee, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the game from a Blue Jackets point of view, talk a little bit about game the game from the Winnipeg Jets point of view, because I feel like that is two very different uh, feelings about how this Friday night game went. So, uh, Harrison, I guess let's let's start off with um, are the Winnipeg Jets okay? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Um... I mean, they're like, what, 14-7-1 and one right now. So the Jets, it's been an interesting start to the year. I, I think Winnipeg, in a lot of ways, you hear different narratives about the team, um, especially with the coaching staff change. Rick Bonus has come in, Paul Maurice and his staff left. And I, I think there's this focus on the idea that the Jets still have bad habits or they rear their head every once in a while. I think somebody on Twitter, I think it was Garrett Hole, had a really um, good saying about it that it's not so much that the Jets occasionally just have random bad habits that resurface. It's that they're doing these things pretty consistently game in and game out. But, you know, when you have Hellebuck in net, it's a little bit of a different experience as to how many of those things end up in the back of your own net. Uh, And I think that the Jets, they have like a pretty consistent pattern. You know, we saw against Columbus, that they attacked the slot pretty well. I I think that they did a good job of that. But then once Columbus started to 
kind of lock it down and, and set up a trap. You know, the Jets suddenly couldn't get through it. That's kind of been an issue on and off this year. Um, unfortunately, big save Dave didn't make as many big saves as we were hoping for. Somebody kept calling him big Civ Dave. And I'm like, that's just mean, but also I can't really disagree. Um, I, I get it, but he's, he's a, he's a nice guy. He's got the vibes. Uh, so I, I know why they, you know, are trying to save a little bit of cash on the backup position, but that, that part hasn't really worked out so well, but despite the loss, I mean, I think the jets are probably not really freaking out yet. No, I feel like, especially when you look at the game, it felt like um, very much a, a, the Jets just didn't get any bounces, you know, which is such like a cliche thing to say. And then you look at, um, I was looking at some of the, the underlying numbers for after the game. Uh, I was looking at uh, Micah McCurdy at Infective Math does these really great like visualizations of the data. And it basically showed the the Jets, they had like four and a half expected goals this game, and somehow they got goalied by Jonas Corposalo, which in fairness to Jonas Corposalo, he's been pretty good this season. Um, he missed a bunch of time with um, hip surgery, so he didn't play, he didn't play between like March and October. Um, obviously, there wasn't a ton of Blue Jacket hockey happening in then, but like he missed, tra- he wasn't there for training camp, he wasn't there for the preseason, and he only got activated like a handful of games into the season. And so he hasn't played a lot of meaningful hockey in a while. Uh, but since he started, I mean, he's, I think, 4-4-1. Four, four, and one. He's got an above 900 save percentage, which for the Blue Jackets, I'll take at this point because the goaltending has been just god-awful at this point. Um, and I felt like he was due he was due one of these games, um, although I did look at the shots afterwards, and I was like, did we really need to give the Winnipeg Jets that many shots? Um, it felt very much like a... The Jets didn't play badly, necessarily. They just didn't get the pucks, the puck luck. And Jonas Corposalo decided he was going to have himself a game. And also, um, Patrick Laine decided that he was going to have himself a game. Now, this is not his first game back in Winnipeg, I believe. he had His first game back was last season. Yeah, I think this is his second. Yeah. But I, I kind of was joking about on, on you know, uh, Locked on Blue Jackets when I did a little preview. I was like, man, you know Patrick Laine is going to show up for this game. I was like, you know what? He's probably going to open the scoring. I did predict a 4-2 Blue Jackets loss, but I also predicted him to open the scoring. And like, if it was going to be anyone, it was either going to be Patrick Laine or it was going to be Pierre-Luc Dubois, who um, I want to talk about in a little bit because he's having a real good uh, season so far. But um, we talked a little bit about, you know, the, the, the Jets are fine. You don't need to be worried about the Jets. They had some bad luck this game. But what did you like about the Jets in this game? Um, hmm. Well, I, I guess I, I appreciated the persistence. Uh, I, I didn't love the defensive miscues. Those were kind of frustrating. But um, in, in general, I think the Jets have responded to struggling pretty well. Uh, there's only some things that they just, they run into it and they seemingly can't get past it. But, you know, when they concede first, when they have situations where they're kind of getting swarmed, Eventually, you expect that there's going to be a response for the team. And usually, I mean, they've been decent at responding, sometimes even coming back in some of these games. Uh, I, I thought former Blue Jacket Sam Gagne really stood out. Um, the Cole Perfetti kid, I mean, he just continues to really shine uh, alongside Mark Shifley. He's a fabulous player. He's shockingly not on the first power play for some reason, but uh, I'm not an NHL coach. What do I know? Uh, but 
you know, other than that, I mean, it was just, I wouldn't say that there was a ton that I loved, but I mean, it was just kind of a game where at this point, the Jets have built enough of a margin. I'm not going to freak out about a loss here and there, even if it's against a team that maybe has like five wins on the season. It is what it is. Uh, I know the Jackets are probably, you know, Hey, we have eight, we have eight whole wins on the season. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're lucky number eight, right? So right. Uh, we love uh, we love giving out milestone, you know, goals and wins and things. But um, you know, obviously, you can imagine Columbus probably isn't nearly as bad as that record. So I think the Jets, you know, they just need to kind of rally back, and I think they've shown that they can do that, and, and certainly did at times in this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, something else that kind of I, I was thinking about as I was watching this game is, um, so I recently recorded with um, Lockdown Panthers host, Armando Velez, and obviously Paul Maurice is with the Panthers right now, and he's doing things with the Panthers that I think he was doing with the Winnipeg Jets, and you can kind of see like echoes of his game, I think, still in this team, but you can kind of see the effect that Rick Bonus is is having on this team i think i think he got a very bad a bad rep in dallas uh for you know whatever reason but it seems like the team is really kind of flourishing under under bonus i don't know if that's a a case of you know some players are having you know breakout years in the case of you know guys like perfetti or um you know i I, mark shifley is a guy that i didn't necessarily think was gonna i don't think he was gonna be bad this season but he's definitely at the wrong end of the age scale um, and he's kind of having a little bit of a, of a resurgence. So I don't know whether it's whether you think it's players are thriving under bonus or whether they're kind of thriving in spite of the, the coaching. I think it's an interesting question because tactically bonus for me, there are certain parts of his game that I think make a lot of sense. Aggressive D, uh, dropping in deep into the offensive zone, providing puck support, offering outlets, and generally giving... Uh, the forwards a little more coverage, uh, which is something that, you know, usually the Jets were very conservative under Maurice. You only saw three skaters attacking space anywhere below the face-off circles. And that was kind of a problem because you'd immediately outman them and then you'd concede a counter. And we all know the Jets don't really do that defending thing. Uh, but with Bones, there's there's kind of a give and take, right? So the, the Jets are aggressive. They're tough to play against now. Um, but I think the main thing that Bonus does really well is serve as a motivator. Uh, Shifley is a player who has always put up really good underlying offensive numbers. And in the past few years, even under Maurice, you were still seeing that. The main thing that he just basically stopped doing whatsoever was trying to defend. He just did not track back at all. His body language was always very lax. You got the sense that he just didn't really like being a Winnipeg Jet, and more specifically being a Jet under Maurice. So I was kind of wondering what season would we get out of him? Would we see him kind of start to return more to that form of Shifley that was dominant a few years ago? Or would it be the kind of guy who just, he looks like he's on the trade block and wants out? So yeah, I mean, the, the version of Mark Shifley that we're seeing, it it is a lot closer to, you know, an, an elite offensive player. He's, you know, flying through. He's got line mates that I think he's working better with. He is playing with Wheeler again, but it's not as much of an issue as it used to be, uh, especially with Perfetti now attached at his hip. Cole's been a revelation. And I think, you know, for a lot of players on the team, Josh Morrissey has hit another gear since Bonus was kind of like, you, you're a Norris candidate. Go play like one. Uh, Yeah, that's a heck of a thing to tell somebody. 
Um, and Josh has just kind of answered the call. I mean, he's over a point per game. He's scoring and, and adding tons of points almost every single outing. So I think in terms of the tactical setup, I'm still a little bit you know, skeptical as to how much this is really going to have a major positive impact on the team. The numbers aren't quite there yet for me to be um, super exciting. But like from a motivational standpoint and from an organizational vibe standpoint, I think Bones kind of has the right idea. In a minute, I've got more of my conversation with Harrison about uh, the Friday night game against the Winnipeg Jets. But first, I've got to tell you about Athletic Greens. Uh, I use this li- I use this literally every day. Uh, I started having some health issues. I was tired all the time. It's getting kind of cold here, uh, so my immune system was giving up on me. And uh, I wanted to see what the hype was about because I heard really great things about AG1. Uh, I've been taking it for a few months now, and I feel incredible. Honestly, um, I wasn't sure about it, but now that I've had it, I am all in. So what is Athletic Greens? Well, it is one delicious scoop of AG1. You get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. It supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, uh, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things that you need to be your best self. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. There is no need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Just one scoop of Athletic Greens. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, for sure. I think that's, that's the thing for me is that the vibes for the Winnipeg Jets are pretty good so far this season. And from, I don't follow them super closely, um, but from, you know, following you on Twitter and kind of keeping up with them from a, like a general league perspective, I know that that has not necessarily been the case for the past couple of seasons, but Hellebuck seems to be back to his, his, uh, I was going to say his Norris ways. That's not, that's not the correct thing. Uh, back to his Vesna uh, nomination ways. The vibes are good. The players are scoring. Uh, like you said, Josh Morris, he was a guy that really impressed me last night. And he was very much a guy that I was like, him, really? He's a point per game. But hey, sometimes all you need is a coach to believe in you, right? Um, but I want to kind of finish off with, um, it's been almost two years since the trade TM. Um, how do you feel about that trade? Obviously, there's a lot of noise about Pierre-Luc Dubois not wanting to stay long-term in Winnipeg. Um, but like I said, he's having a pretty great season so far. Maybe the worst case scenario is you flip him at the deadline for a haul. Um, how do you feel about the trade? Kind of now that we've seen it, play, I think at this point we've seen what teams are going to get out of line A, uh, Roslovic and Dubois. So like, you know, two years on, how do you feel about how the, the trade kind of went down? I think Columbus fans probably won't love me when I say this, but uh, unfortunately I think the Jets did kind of win that one. Um, Dubois, I, I think at his best, I mean, he's an unstoppable force. And I think the Jackets fans saw that when he was really passionate and, and first kind of joining the team the guy's a unit and his ability in space, uh, the vision and passing that he has, that lethal shot that he can get off sometimes. I mean, he's a monster. And, you know, towards the end of last season, you kind of saw some tail off in his performance. But this year, he's back at it again. He's kind of running over people. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, 
no matter what, it was going to have to happen at some point. And so I think even if Dubois is like a rental, the trade still has worked out for the Jets because he's filled an immediate need. And I think he showcased, you know, what the Jets could look like if they used a similar player in that space, uh, which is why somebody like David Gustafson, for me, who's a prospect that has been getting a lot of reps in the uh, the bottom six for the Jets this year, I think he could eventually be uh, PLD's successor, although I think Dubois has some traits that are probably more suited to that role than, than Gus is going to be. But overall, I think Dubois has been a success. I've I've been a little bit sad for Line since joining the Jackets. I think that there are some things that were very unfortunate for him. Um, and I thought, you know, this year I was really expecting this team to kind of coalesce, but injuries, um, underwhelming performances, goaltending, all of that stuff just seemingly has put their start to the year kind of on pause. Uh, Roslovic, I, I'm not really shocked that he's had issues. There were signs and, and kind of red flags with him when he was with the Jets that I was kind of thinking long-term. You know, he's not going to be the kind of player that I think people are upset by, but I think he's going to be the kind of guy that's going to underwhelm expectations. I think a lot of folks saw him and they're like immediately, you know, top six, flanking talent, maybe even a center. But the thing with him is like he's a fantastic complimentary guy, maybe not so much the one that you want driving the bus. Um, and I think in the right scenario, in the right environment, he can be very dangerous. We've seen him uh, score some incredibly beautiful goals. You can see his you know, setup and, and build up play with passing is very good. But when you need that next level, I think that part from his game just kind of fell a little bit short. Um, and that's where I think someone like Dubois has been a little bit more of a better fit for that. Um, it sounds like, you know, recently line has really changed his game a lot and really stepped it up. So I think that's great to hear. Uh, it was something that he was trying to work on with the Jets. Didn't really work out and pan out. Um, but it sounds like since joining Columbus, his game has changed a lot for the better. And I was looking at some of his numbers earlier this year. He had a pretty noticeable defensive impact, which is not something that you would ever associate with Patty. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, that that version of line, it was kind of surprising, but I'd love to hear more on that at some point. In a minute, I'm going to finish off my conversation with Harrison about the Jets. Uh, but first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because uh, it is your number one stop for all sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. It is the best odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football, basketball, uh, soccer, esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. I know Americans are probably still. Uh, not thrilled with how uh, how their tournament ended, but they've got it all at buttonline.net. If you want to put money on a different country, then you can do that. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the, the thing for me with Line 8 is he hasn't really had a chance to be fully healthy since he's been a Blue Jacket. So he, I believe, was injured when the trade went down um, and then never really got his footing for the re the entire rest of that season. It was a weird season anyway. That was the, the COVID-shortened season. All the restrictions were there. He just got traded to a new country, didn't know anyone. Like, the chemistry was bad. The team was bad. Um, you know, it was all just kind of bad. Last year, he started off really good, immediately got hurt, and then obviously his father passed away. So he missed a bunch of time with that, came back, had like, I think, 18 goals in 21 games on returning from, from his leave of absence, and then got hurt again. 
this year, opened the scoring for the Blue Jackets in the first period of the first game, got hurt five minutes into the second period of the first game, came back for Tampere, uh, got hurt basically immediately after coming back from Finland. Um, so he's only actually, I think that was his eighth game of the season, eighth or ninth game of the season um, against Winnipeg. And then, I mean, he had, to, you know, he's on, I think he got six points in nine games now, which is not terrible numbers. It's not necessarily the line I like numbers that I think a lot of people were expecting, but hopefully, you know, we cross all of our fingers and our toes that this is kind of the the upward swing. But it's interesting that you said that, you know, you talked about defensive impact because that's kind of the drum that I've been banging for most of the season. Um, he's actually leading the team in possession, which is not, again, it's, I fully assumed that he would be kind of a, a possession black hole in the same way that, you know, you look at, excuse me, you look at a guy like Alex Ovechkin. You're, you're not looking at Alex Ovechkin to have a defensive impact. But Patrick Lyonne has kind of, he's made his game a little bit more well-rounded. I don't know whether that's coaching, whether that's um, the players that he's playing with. Obviously, he's basically been stapled to Johnny Gaudreau's other wing this season, which I think has worked wonders for him in terms of, hey, this is a player that's good in transition and not just a guy that, you know, is going to pass the puck to me. You know, like Johnny Gaudreau has been such a... Every time I watch him play, I'm like, man, I'm so glad he's a blue jacket now. Um, he's been a real revelation for this team. The team, yeah, hasn't had per, like hasn't had team success, but I think he's had pretty good personal success. I think he's on 20, 24 points in 22 games or 25 points in 22 games, maybe. But um, yeah, for me, the line A, I think I just... I think if he can stay healthy now you know i'm just gonna knock on some some wood about that because my hockey superpowers can only be used for evil in terms of jinxing um but he's become kind of quietly a really good underlying numbers player which i think like you said surprises a lot of people because it's definitely not what i think of when i when we were like okay patrick line i was like cool doesn't back check i'm fine with that if he scores 40 goals but he's been a a pretty good player in terms of driving play um i think i'm always going to just kind of to finish up thoughts on the the trade purely Dubois, i think is always going to a little bit be the one that got away for me because i think so many people just all they remember about him is that one shift against i think it was tampa bay the 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 and you know it went viral and then he didn't play another shift for the blue jackets got traded the next day when he was motivated and like like you said when he's when he's at the top of his game i think he's just unbeatable he is a monster you know um he is one of the games i think few genuine legitimate power forwards that you don't really see anymore um and i'm sad that he couldn't make it work in columbus because he is such a fun player to watch i think he makes players around him better but he can also like you say, he can put up points, he can score goals, he can, you know, he plays um, the NHL, like, so Steve Dangle said this about Alex Ovechkin a few years ago, and it's always stuck with me, in that some players play in the NHL like they're playing NHL on the Xbox, you know? Hits, points, fights, just everything, they do it all, and that's kind of the, the Pierre-Luc Dubois that I remember from Columbus, so if he, if he doesn't work out, in Winnipeg, I will be sad for Jets fans because I think he's a player that it's really easy to root for. Um, but I'm glad that you guys got to experience, like, let's call it peak PLD, for, for lack of a better a better term. Yeah, I, I think 
no matter what, you know, his tenure is going to have, you know, have been a success. If he gets traded, he's probably going to get a huge haul. So either way, I think the Jets, they knew that, you know, Line A and Roslovic were like, peace, uh, which I, I can't, I can't really blame them given the situation uh, that they were in. But, um, you know, I think for Dubois, at least it was an option. It made a lot of sense. It's worked out pretty well. If they even make the postseason and he's still here, that'd be nice. Uh, I, I'm curious to know what his thoughts are now because, you know, from the start it was Montreal, Montreal, Montreal. But, I mean, I'm looking at the Jets and I'm like, Winnipeg kind of has some of their stuff figured out a little bit better than the Habs do. So are you really willing to go and spend your prime waiting for Montreal to maybe coalesce uh, with a coach who's really doing this for the first time at this level? Or would you maybe want to stick around with Winnipeg? Uh, you know, Bones has taken the Dallas Stars to a cup final, whether that was, you know, Ottinger doing most of it, you know, it's debatable, but there's a lot there that I think the Jets can offer Dubois if he decides, you know, maybe he's had a change of heart. Maybe, you know, eight and a half million dollars for five or six years is enough to uh, shift a perspective or two, but we'll see if that bridge is, is totally burned or if there's something there for the future. Yeah, for sure. I did just check. He is still an RFA uh, after the contract runs out. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he goes into, because that's what the Blue Jackets did with um, Line was he went into last season, his contract expired. He went into the 21-22 the season with a one-year contract, basically signed his qualifying offer and was like, I'm going to bet on myself. And it's kind of materialized into a four-year eight point something million dollar contract so it's maybe not out of the realm of possibility that they get one more year out of Dubois to kind of be like listen Winnipeg's really kind of you know again knock on wood quite a turning it around it looks like they've got some really good pieces that have started to get you know started to come into their prime um you know I think um Nikolai Ehlers getting healthy again will probably do wondrous wonderful things for this team and I think, you know, you could do worse than have a second line of Ehlers, Dubois, and um, I believe he's playing with Kyle Connor at the minute. You know, you could do a lot worse than having those two guys as your wingers. So maybe, uh, you know, a lengthy trip to the postseason, maybe some some team success, maybe some personal success. Like you say, he's I think he's about a point of play, a point a game or just above at the minute. Um, he could he could have a, a different different opinion by the end of the season and i hope i hope that he does because i do want good things for both him and for the jets i think they've suffered for a long time they have to walk everywhere they deserve nice things yeah we don't have an airport sorry folks if you're yeah. trying to visit <laughs> if you if you want to visit i mean good luck to you we we use snowmobiles um i'm from maryland so i, I can't really say that you know I, I travel there that frequently but last time snowmobile so yep pack war and zoom across um <laughs> But yeah, for, for the most part, I think it's been a trade that has worked out, I think, for both teams, in the short term at least. Um, the, the jury is still out on what happens to Rostelbeck after this season. He just signed an extension, I believe. Line A um, had a really good quote last night where he, uh, the only thing that he hasn't scored a goal on is Columbus now. Um, and he had a really good quote last night where he's like, man, I hope that I hope that never changes. I hope I don't ever score on Columbus for the rest of my career, which was really nice, you know? And for for someone who covers a team and follows a team that has had a lot of trouble with players who don't want to stay and players who can't wait to get out of town, you know, it feels like they've turned a corner in terms of players that want to be here and players that like being here, which is really kind of cool to see. And it's not necessarily an opinion that I thought I would get from 
a guy like Patrick Laine, who I think has, um, I always call it main character energy. And, you know, you, you, you feel like Patrick Laine has the kind of vibes that think, man, he would do really well in a New York or a Toronto or, you know, somewhere where they can roll out the red carpet or, you know, even, even something like a Chicago maybe where, you know, okay, the team is bad, but the market is huge and, you know, the Blackhawks are a, a, a recognizable name around the world. But it seems like he's happy in, in little old Columbus, Ohio, um, which is which is really great to see. But um, we'll have to do this again, Harrison. Uh, the Blue Jackets, I don't know when the Blue Jackets are in uh, Winnipeg next or when the, the Jets are in, in uh, Columbus. I don't know when that is happening, but hopefully uh, not too long because I always enjoy doing these, these crossovers. Um, I always have a ton of fun. Uh, please tell my wonderful listeners uh, where they can catch up with you in the show if they want to, I don't know, keep up with Pierre-Luc Dubois like, uh, like I do. If you would like uh, Dubois updates, we have them at Locked On Winnipeg Jets on all of your favorite platforms. Same as where Locked On Blue Jackets is available. And I'm also on Twitter at HLLivingLoco. Perfect. And I am uh, at underscore jacob foster j-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r you can find locked on blue jackets at l-o underscore blue jackets wherever you get your podcast wherever you find locked on jets and uh, also over on youtube so you should subscribe to locked on blue jackets if you are not you should subscribe to locked on jets if you are not we uh we would both appreciate that and that's all i've got for you uh for this episode anyway like i said uh we're gonna do a two episode day because the blue jackets played a ton of hockey over the weekend and a lot of stuff happened so uh later on today we're gonna break down the loss to the red wings uh what we liked what i didn't like um anything that we maybe should be starting to get a little bit concerned about if we were not concerned already uh there's a couple of roster moves that we need to talk about so that's all going to be coming in tonight's episode I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You have this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockdownbluejackets at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets continues to be free and available uh, anywhere you can find it. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, and you... Uh, don't have to get behind a paywall very locked on product that is uh, our promise to you so uh, make sure you're subscribed downloaded uh, leaving reviews comments um, all of the things i appreciate it and uh, i appreciate you for listening so until later on tonight make sure you stay locked on <laughs>